You're listening to Ticker Talk, a podcast brought to you by CanNet, the Cardiovascular Network of Canada. Immerse yourselves in conversations with caregivers and patients living well after diagnosis and gather insight from leading experts across Canada on research findings that make a difference. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Julian, a research partner, a peer support group leader, and a patient with lived experience managing my own cardiac health condition. Welcome. Welcome, Barbara Martin. We're excited to have you here today to share your story with us. You're a patient with lived experience. Tell us a little bit about how your heart story came about. I have a rather different story because I was totally asymptomatic. I had no previous history and I was going into surgery on what is next to the retina. So not the retina itself, but the lining of the retina. So they tend to do it without an anesthetic. But if the retina gets involved, they have to immediately give you a general anesthetic. So I was hanging out with the anesthetist outside the OR waiting to have the surgery. And we were, you know, we actually knew common people and we we're having quite the visit. And he said to me, uh, your pulse is 39. That's a bit low, don't you think? And I said, mm, yeah, normally about 55, 60. So I've always had a slow pulse. But 39, he said, I'm not comfortable. So I'm going to go talk to your surgeon. So off he goes and he came back and they had done my other eye a few months earlier. And I went through it without tearing the retina. So the surgeon said, no, I think she's good to go. So we'll do it. So did it. But I was moving uh, back from one city to another city. The anesthetist said, because uh, he spent probably an hour with me, so it was a fairly good assessment of what was going on. And he said, you know, when you get settled, you really need to follow up on this. So I did. My new family doctor got this all sorted out. So I went through the whole cardiac workup. I wore the Holter monitor. I had the echo. The echo showed that I looked like I'd had a silent heart attack at some point in my life, or perhaps it was a birth defect, but there was some kind of damage at the rear wall of my heart. They set me up for the MIMI scan, which for some people is not bad. For me, it was like going into outer space. But anyhow, it's the Cadillac of tests to see what your heart can withstand. So I had that and came back. Perfect blood flow, probably a birth defect, maybe an infection at some point in my life. And we just sort of let it go at that point. And two years later, I sustained a massive brain injury. Like I was so injured. I think my body was so injured it just couldn't take much. And so just the different therapies I had to have, it just seemed to be too much. And anyhow, one particular day, I just said, oh, wow, like I, I feel terrible. Well, I spent five days in cardiology at that point. I was admitted, they followed me, they tested me. And I had a really excellent uh, cardiologist and he specialized in rhythm. And he just said, well, you know, I think probably a, a device will be coming your way at some point. Last Christmas, I had had COVID in November and it wasn't the worst. I mean, I was just very, very tired, but I stayed tired and I flew to another province to see my family. My son-in-law is a care provider. Um, He sort of kept a close eye on me. And then um, I came home and about five days later, I felt the chest pressure. I took my own pulse. It was like 39. Here we go. And I had this pressure just sort of across my chest. I went to bed and um, I didn't sleep very well because I kept monitoring my own pulse. It was a strong 33. Denial is a wonderful place. So I just got up the next day and I had an appointment with my practitioner that day just because I had one. 
And she got really excited about this and um, immediately had an ECG and cardiac blood work. And she said, if your pulse drops below 40, you need to go. Sure enough, that evening, as soon as I laid down, it dropped. Okay, I guess I'm going. And then in the morning, oh, we're going to send you for a pacemaker. Then it's, uh, we're not going to send you for a pacemaker because I think that will actually make your situation maybe even more difficult for you to manage. Uh, My husband was not at all happy because the idea of taking me home was terrifying for him. Send you home and you'll do all, we're going to run all these cardiac tests again as an outpatient. Again, I had excellent care. So we came home and I was, of course, I was exhausted. And then we went through all the tests. But this time, it took about two weeks for my heart to return to normal rhythm. You know, after a little while, I sort of recovered energy-wise. And basically, right now, it's like, well, what happens? What do I do next? Because it's not like, is it going to happen again? It's, it is going to happen again. But in the meantime, I'm waiting now for an electrophysiologist. I think the good news in my story is the electrophysiologist does his own triaging. And if I was in really bad shape, he'd have seen me already. Whatever happens, I have to keep tracking this. So I keep trying to keep my own little file, if you will, updated so my husband always has it. Because I can tell my story if I'm awake to tell it. So I'm a big fan about advocacy. I feel actually quite well right now. But the moment I've decided, the moment I see 40 as a pulse, I'll be on my way. So it sounds like things going on for you on multiple fronts, the vascular issues, the heart. You started your healthcare journey with eye surgery and it's still unfolding. You still have things to learn about what's happening. And and I think that describes us all, right? In terms of our healthcare journeys, like you imagine that certain sort of points in time where either you had a heart health event or something occurred. And yet things continue to evolve as we age, as we change. It's that kind of ongoing evolution that's really interesting. And it sounds like you have a really strong commitment to tracking and to being an advocate for yourself when you start working with multiple different healthcare providers. So important for you to be a repository of that information, because as you say, otherwise there's a risk that pieces of information get lost. Uh, My background, like I said, is healthcare. And part of my job was looking at these kinds of things professionally. But human error happens. And I don't want it to happen to me. So it would be on top of my own story. And if not, have somebody else who can speak for me. Even though we're talking about cardiovascular um, health, my big entry to healthcare was my brain injury. All of this stuff runs into each other. And aging, it's no big secret. I'm pouting, but I'm going to be 69 next month. I can barely say the word 70. The other S word for me, but anyhow, you have to sometimes say, no, this is not aging. This is something different. You know, you don't want to go overboard and sounding the alarm. But on the other hand, you need to use your voice. Like a lot of women just quietly go off and suffer and have worse outcomes. Yeah, you just have to know yourself. And everybody's different. What's my normal is not your normal. And be prepared to fight for yourself. There's something that you would say to someone newly diagnosed with either a heart condition or a brain condition? That's a tough one. I mean, if you need emergent care, get emergent care. After that, I think you have to be prepared to almost go through the stages of grief. You look at yourself, what I was before, what's happened, where I'm at now. I have new boundaries on my life that I have to, I don't have to live with them. 
but I have a much better quality of life. And part of that and the stages of grief is accepting. And I think the key thing I would say to people is just because you accept it doesn't mean you're happy about it. That's really important because if I were to stop and think about what many of my friends, colleagues, uh, former colleagues are doing today, uh, they're here, they're there, they're, if I were to focus on, wow, like, you know, how come I can't go do that? I would be very unhappy. But that's a fight. But you have to just keep telling yourself that. Just try to be grateful for where you are. That whole thing about things could always be worse. That doesn't help the person who's going through this. It's worse enough for you. That's okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be all those things. But again, you're back to the stages of grief and you need to go through them, all of them. Not in order, but you need to go through and admit what you're grieving. The people who love you particularly want you to be well. They want you to be happy. Uh, my family, sure, they want me to be different and want me to be better, but they don't humor me or try to talk me down from this. They support it. They support me. And they, they let me validate my own story. I don't have to fight with them. Thank heavens. For me, the thing about the grief cycle that always struck me is that even though we tend to think of cycles as circular, to jump around that cycle, right? You can go from acceptance to anger. You can have an angry day. You can have a, a sad day. You can have those things, even though you have come to a place where you accept where on the whole, you're living your best life with what you've got to live with. And it's not a linear journey, but it's just important. You feel all those things and kind of put them in perspective. When the rage came, I was so angry, just angry at what had happened, angry what it did to me. I mean, I was offered medication. I didn't want medication. I wanted to work it through. That meant counseling. There wasn't a lot of support out there. I came upon this Canadian, it's a Facebook page with brain injuries. So I thought, wow, this is excellent. And then when I saw the cardiac one, I thought, wow, this is really, this is excellent because there isn't enough support. We're all different. And sometimes connecting with other people, I always explain a lot of these things with very simple analogy. It's like trying to explain how it feels to have a baby. Until you've had one, you can look at it and go, yeah, I don't think so. Or hmm, that hurts. But you don't really know. And this network has been amazing. Things that are available to the patient, the value of the patient voice. I'm just so impressed. So you're talking about CanNet Facebook groups? It is CanNet. Just got launched. So we're just sort of growing and we're getting people to come on the site. We're trying to provide resources that they can read or, or they can engage. But that's where we want the patients themselves or their caregivers because that they have an important voice in this whole story too. We need people more to come in and say, hey, yeah, wow, you know, I too have a cardiac thing. What have you found that's worked for you? Or just to, to chat with somebody. It's really that peer-to-peer -peer supporting people through the experience. I'm involved in a specific group and we run a program with the University of Ottawa Heart Institute. But mostly, like there's program content, but mostly it's about the peer-to-peer -peer support. It's very powerful. A lot of the women say exactly what you've said in terms of having a conversation with someone who has been through a heart event. It's like speaking to people who have that background. It's a different frame of reference, right? It's like talking to folks who've had a baby if you've had a baby. I encourage people to come because there is such power 
fact that somebody's usually always listening. Once you get the site built, there's always going to be somebody listening. Sometimes people who don't love you and don't know you can become the better listener. Well, thank you so much, Barbara. That was a, a great discussion. It sounds like there have been lots of moving pieces for you in your healthcare journey. And to hear you talking so positively about the future and looking, you know, like there are things that are coming and you're living your life fully. Healthcare challenges don't define you. They're part of who you are. 